Welcome to episode number 10 of the Rethinking Church podcast. My name is Tim Fox, and I'm so glad that you are joining us for these few minutes on Monday morning. We're excited about how God is using small churches all over the world. We are excited about how he is using small churches and very small churches, micro churches, house churches during this uh, pandemic season, how God is, is challenging us to think differently about how we do ministry. Well, there is a, a key principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul defines the church as the body of Christ. It says that, that, don't you know that you are the body of Christ and individually members of it? That each of us have a calling, a gifting, and a place in that body. We each have a role to play. We each have a job to do that builds up the body, that increases the witness of the church, and allows us to continue to love well. One of the big challenges that we run into in churches is the need for those who are a part of the church to serve. We need more volunteers. We need people who will buy in and, and come alongside of us and serve together in the mission. But statistically, churches don't see a very high rate of participation in this way. We don't see churches having lots of volunteers. Rarely do we ever hear stories of churches that have more volunteers than they need. It's a, a problem that we hear pastors uh, lament over and over again. How do we get more people to buy in? How do we get more people to volunteer? Or our people just won't serve. Now, the truth of the matter is that if our people aren't serving, there's a pretty good chance that we've not led them to serve yet. Typically, the way that churches recruit is could be, could be included in just two steps. We have a tendency to first announce it from the stage. If there is a need, if we have something that we need done, we share it with the congregation from the stage and hope that someone will step up and volunteer and hopefully someone who actually has the skill and the ability to do the task will step up and volunteer. The other way is to publicize it in like the bulletin, if you're still doing bulletins or things like that, where we, we just put it out there and hope that somebody that has the skill and ability to do the task will sign up to do it. We have this message that we need everyone to do something or that the church is constantly in need of more people to serve. And we realize that it's hard and it's too much and you don't like it and nobody wants to do it, but we need somebody to do it. And, and so the results are just woefully dreadful. A lot of times I hear like 10 and 20% as like high numbers for the number of volunteers. And there's kind of this ratio that you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work most of the time. And this is not the results any of us want. So there has to be a better way, right? A more faithful way that leads to the kind of thing that Paul was describing, right? Like, shouldn't we be able to see a reversal that the that we have 80% of the people doing the work and 20% and are finding their way in still, or maybe they're in a season in life where they're taking a break. Instead, we have this, this, this horrible reversal. And I think that it has to do with the way that we recruit and our message when we recruit. When we announce something from the stage or pull it, put it in the bulletin, we communicate to everyone around us that we don't have what we need, that we're desperate that um, that we kind of don't have 
our ducks in a row and that we're not ready to serve people. So if I'm a guest and I come into a church and I see that they are recruiting from the stage or I see it in the bulletin, I'm immediately concerned that there is some kind of leadership issue and that the the church is not going to be able to serve my family and be a part of leading my family toward who they're meant to be in Christ. And and so it, it sends up these red flags for those who are outside the mission and outside the church. Not only that, when we beg people to do something that we immediately cast in a negative light, then and we ask them to do us a favor, then then it makes it a lot easier for them to say no. And a lot of times we don't even I know we don't even give them a chance to say no. We can say, I know you don't really want to do this and you don't have to, and we we almost say no for them, make it harder to say yes. So maybe we could do things a little bit different. We could we could start by creating a culture of service, creating a culture of service, creating an environment in our church where it is naturally expected and naturally a part of what it means to be a part of your church that you serve. And there are lots of different ways to do this, but there, there you need to have all kinds of different ways for people to serve, but you need to have easy on-ramp ramps to serving and communicating it often. So we invite people to serve, usually by their third or fourth uh, time as our guest at Hydrant Church. We invite them to to a time of conversation, getting to know each other. And if they have interest and are ready, we invite them to serve right then and there, right off the bat. I've heard of other people who make it a an expectation or a, a requirement for being a part of a life group or a small group is that you are also serving somewhere. That, that members or partners or whatever language you use, that they're serving somehow. And, and whatever it is that you do, you need to just create this natural expectation that this is what it means to be a part of this church. We serve together. The second thing, the second thing that we need to do is clarity. We need to have clarity. The second thing that we need to do is to have clarity. We need to clear be The second thing that we need to do is be clear. Be clear about the vision. What is it that we're trying to do as a church? Now, your mission will answer the question of why. Why does your church exist in your community today? Vision is what you're going to do, what you're going to do in the next three months or year or three years. It clarifies that the what. What is it we're trying to accomplish together? Now, you can keep going with that line of thought and begin to think of your strategy as how you're going to do it and goals as when you're going to do it. So you can start to think about these clarifying these various elements of your communication and then be clear with people about the role that you're inviting them to to step into. Don't hide the commitment. Don't hide how hard it is or how good it is. But but just be clear. Be clear about the expectations. A lot of times we lose volunteers because we tell them it's no big deal and they get into it and they realize it's a huge deal and it's a huge commitment. It takes lots of time. So finding a way to be very clear. But then we need to stop. We need to stop with the open invitations to serve. And we need to actually recruit one-on-one, in-person conversations to recruit. And when you recruit, you want to invite the person to do the job who has the best chance of doing it well. 
So you're looking as you meet people and as you engage with people and you're in relationship with the people of your church, you're starting to understand their personality. You're starting to understand the things they like to do. You're starting to notice their gifts and their skills and you start to match people up. And you're always kind of asking yourself the question, who might really enjoy this? And, and then when you, you tap them on the shoulder and you have a conversation, don't say no for them and don't ask them to do you a favor and do this thing that nobody wants to do, right? Instead, change your language up. You are giving them an opportunity to do something they already want to do. You see, when you, when you create a culture of serving, you're actually serving your people because you're giving them an opportunity to do something they already want to do. Everyone wants to make a difference. Everyone wants to serve in a meaningful cause. Everyone is looking for a way to contribute to your church, to your organization, to what you're doing. And so you are giving them an opportunity to do something they already want to do. And then you match up the gifts and the skills and the abilities to the person and the role then you get this great opportunity to invite them to do something wonderful. And so when you, uh, you might typically say, hey, to someone as you're recruiting for the nursery, the, the typical invitation is something like, hey, listen, I need someone to work in the nursery. You know, Miss Betty had to drop out, broken hip, whatever it is. I need, I need someone who'll just, who'll just go in there and be in the nursery and look after these babies for, for an hour every week or every other week or once a month. And just, and, and I know it's not really your thing. And I know it's not really something anybody wants to do, but we need somebody to do it. Would you please do me this favor and, and, and consider doing it just, just for a little while until we can find somebody to do it permanently. And, and, and who wants to do that? But when you start to think, you think, man, who really just has a heart for little ones? Who loves to get on the floor? Who loves to be with them? Who could really pour into them? And, and you, think about, you think about that person and say, man, they, that's the right fit. And you go to them and say, listen, I, I've got this opportunity and I think it might be a good fit for you. And it, it might not, and, and that's fine. But you know, we, we have these four or five babies in second service every week. And, and we really need someone who will just get on their knees and love them and be with them and pour into them and make church into this wonderful, safe place. And when I was thinking about who might be best at that, I thought about you. And I think you would be really great at this. And, and I wonder, would you pray about, would you consider stepping into this role and just pouring into these little ones? Um, what we're looking for is somebody to do it for a year once a month, so like 12 times over the next year, you'll have it scheduled out. We'll help you with everything you need to know. We'll train you, give you all the resources you need. If you have any questions along the, along the way, we're, we're here to answer them. So would you think about that and, and pray about it? And I'll follow up with you in a week. And, and you just kind of invite them to do what they already want to do. Don't ask for a favor. So when we're recruiting, we're going to shift it up. We're not going to go public, big, ask someone to serve and hope we get the right person because chances are you're going to get the one person who feels guilty about not serving or the one person who's already doing 10 other jobs who doesn't really care about this, doesn't really want to do it either, but just knows somebody has to do it. So they step up and do it and they don't do it well and you're frustrated and they're frustrated and it doesn't work out for anyone. So instead... Create a culture of serving. Be clear about your vision and the role and the expectations. And then recruit in person, matching up people to the role so that you can allow everyone to be a part of the body. Train and empower them 
And when you're asking, don't ask for, for, for favors. You are offering them the opportunity to do something they already want to do. Now, everyone is called to be a part of the body. Everyone has a role. Everyone has a place. And it may take a little work to find it. And sometimes we all have to spend a little bit of time doing something we don't want to do. We kind of joke about it around here. There's this massive ditch that has to be weeded and it takes a couple hours and you come out covered in all kinds of things. And there's there's snakes and turtles and who knows what else living in that living in that ditch. But it, it's got to be done. And we call it the poop gate. And it refers back to Nehemiah when, when everyone's kind of working on their place in the wall and some poor guy gets assigned the dung gate. He's fixing, he's fixing the sewer for the city. But it's an important job and it has to be done. Just nobody wants to do it. But every now and again, we all get stuck in the poop gate. And that, that's just a, a way that we have to serve, but but we don't have to be in the poop gate all the time. And everyone doesn't have to be in the poop gate. We can match people up. We can really recruit and invite people to play a part and a role that they will love and serve and be committed to in the church. At least that they can flourish. I believe that you can lead your people to, to serve and come together as the body of Christ. I believe that if that if you'll create that culture and that you'll be clear and you'll recruit in person and you'll stop asking for favors, you can reverse those numbers and you'll find 80% serving instead of 20%. You can do this. I believe in you. I know it's possible because I know who's in you and who's working through you. Thanks for joining us today on the Rethinking Church podcast. If you found this helpful or encouraging, leave us a comment, like it, share it with someone. And we just want you to know that we believe in you. And we can't wait to see what God is going to do through you as you choose to rethink church.